You are listening to Going Solo, Small Landlords in Ontario, the podcast. If you would like to get in touch with us, please visit our website at soloontario.ca. We would also like to thank our sponsor, coffeeandmortgage.ca. They're your number one award-winning mortgage team. And without further delay, the podcast begins. Well, welcome everyone. I, uh, I'm here with Subra Dutta. Am I saying that right? Uh, your last name, Subra? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So yes, it's Kevin Costain, uh, with solo landlords and we're, uh, we're doing another podcast and I thought it would be a great idea to bring in Subra and talk about, uh, his, his eviction ordeal, um, over the course of, uh, three or four days and just sort of get a little bit more in depth into what happened there with him. And it's sort of a companion to, to the blog post that will come out. Uh, well, they would probably be out by the time you're listening to this now. So yeah, so we'll, we'll just get right into it. Uh, Subra, uh, can you maybe give us a little background into what, what happened, what went on, maybe when, when this eviction was happening, like a little bit more on that, uh, as, as far as what a, a bit of background. Okay, Kevin, thank you very much for welcoming me to the podcast. And as a solo landlord, I'm happy to bring forward all my experience to the benefit of the solo landlord so that they they become well prepared to handle all the eventualities coming out of these unfortunate events. Okay, now in order to start my story, you know that, that it was, uh, it took about 10 months in order to come to an eviction stage. Now on 24th of January at 10 10 o'clock, this eviction was scheduled. So the, when we, and I think you are also included, we arrived at the scene, better prepared in order to show some sort of unity from our family and friends to stand against the um, the, the destructive tenants. So we know when we went there, we already saw the um, Sheriff was already there. So uh, the Sheriff asked me to prepare a sort of list which we want to discuss prior to the eviction. But by the time I reached to the Sheriff, Sheriff said he has already went inside and he saw five people and uh, she has told them at 10 o'clock to leave. So when uh, I got the opportunity to discuss uh, this uh, house has multiple access and there are many, many hiding places. And also wanted to be very clear about the 72-hour rule which the landlord tenant both have after the eviction is over and I asked him, requested him basically to explain all these things in front of tenant. So knowing the tenant, I always expected there, there is going to be a violent, violent repercussion on those things. So I wanted to be prepared and prepared to an extent that Sheriff is also ready to call the enforcement if it is required. So Sheriff. Did the Sheriff actually work with you well enough? Like, or did you guys, um, you know, yes. Uh, yes, I'm coming. He was active to your ideas, and he actually was working with you. Yes, I'm coming to that. And actually, okay. the Sheriff told me, the Sheriff told me with my questionnaire 
you are a very detailed oriented person. I have never seen anybody asking so many questions. So I basically told him, so look, it is, it is the safety of my house. And when I know there are five or four access to these properties, I, and, and there are multiple hiding place and knowing the tenant for last one year and regular, um, regular presence of the druggies in the streets. And some of them are criminals. So I prepared well so that when you leave, that means the sheriff leave, I have the full control of my house. Okay. And sheriff was really, very happy with me at the end. And when the D time came, when the D moment came, he said, okay, this is time at 10 o'clock and let's get in. And he had advised us, none of you should follow me at this moment. You should keep a safe distance. That's why Kevin and all my family members, including my paralegal, were in the porch. But I wanted still to witness what is going to happen actually. So I was outside of the main door through which the Serif entered. But Serif repeatedly told me, don't enter till I come out. Okay. So I... I followed every instruction and uh, after he went and told in a very firm voice, it is 10 o'clock, it is your time to get out. Okay? He okay. told me to you, Do you have a sense that the sheriff felt that he he was in any danger? Do you think the sheriff himself felt in any danger walking into that situation? He From your impression? He got all the information prior entered because in the application itself, it was asked whether there was any violence, whether there was any sort of police presence previously and all those things. That was in the application itself. So he was prepared. I provided all the information that this house is a draggy house and dark house. This house has many tenants living into it, but I gave maximum four. But he in the morning himself witnessed there are fine. Okay. So, so knowing all this information, he actually walked into the house and right, he, right. you know what I mean? So that, that seems fairly, um, it seems very clear that sheriffs are, are, are willing to go into something that seemingly looks pretty sketchy, right? Cause oh. if you're saying he knew all this information ahead of time and then he's still like, I, I was there, I saw myself, he actually walked in the house and, and, uh, and, and clearly, uh, uh, demanded that the uh the tenants leave the house so i i i think that's that it's an interesting thing to sort of uh point out when it comes to what to expect from a sheriff right uh and, and they clearly they they have limits in terms of what they will do and as i understand it they will refer to the police in certain cases but it seems like this sheriff knowing everything that was going on he was perfectly happy to go right into the house and uh that's talk why, to these tenants yeah that's why he repeatedly told me, don't follow him. He is prepared for the eventuality, not I am. So he was more careful about my safety. Okay. He said, yep. do not follow him till he comes out. Do you know if he was, if he was carrying a weapon? I couldn't tell. Was he carrying I, a gun or something or a stun gun? I, or... probably, I probably, I probably saw a, what is that con that con that stick, which is a, um, that, uh, stellar, um, what is that called? That stick, like a, which, a, a belief stick, like a, it has a, a sort of a T 
Telegram or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So just sort of a stick, you know, which sends some electric spark or something like that. Which oh, is, uh, stun gun or something like that. Tether gun. Tether gun. Probably. I am not 100% sure, but that's what I realized. Okay? Because they also do not go unprepared. But I knew that in case of any eventuality, he would have called the enforcement. Right. Okay? Yeah. So, however, continuing with my story, so he went there and I told him in everything, including the hiding places, the, in the backyard, there is a trailer and all those things. So he went all through all of this, through all the cupboards and everything, and then came out and told me, now you can enter. Still, I asked him, have you checked the trailer outside uh, in the backyard? Have you checked the garage and all those things? And he said, everything is okay. And you go on when I am standing. And remember that for a tough time, you and all my my kids, my set sons and the paralegal, all of us have entered. And of course, that was the time it was time to be horrified. Looking at right. the conditions they were living in, right? Right. And uh it was it was very horrific. Uh why don't you share your 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 um your feelings as you first entered that that house? Yeah. Your so the first moment that we went in there, what what were you feeling? Oh, I was I was kinda of gagging actually when I when I got to the basement, I was like, uh, uh the, <laughs> like why why there was a joy when there was a joy. Means feeling of celebration to get back my house, but I always knew the story is not over till it is over. And yep. what may come in couple of days, coming couple of days, that's seventy-two hours. So, however, with the feeling of what we are going to get back, with the horrible condition inside, when the stinky smell and the creeping bugs and all over. When we came out, that was the time I asked the sheriff to please explain the 72-hour rule in front of the tenant. And sheriff categorically told them, say, look, the tenants, you better leave the place and come back in one hour time. And from this point onward, that means the point when he put the notice on the door. He pasted the notice on the door. That was 8 past 10 a.m. And from that point onward, in 72 hours, and to take out your belongings, personal possessions and belongings, in cooperation with the landlord. You have to follow the landlord's directives from now on. Do not try to enter the property without landlord's presence because that will constitute a trespassing. So you have to work with landlord and move out for one hour for the landlords to prepare before you come back again to start taking your materials. Right. And that, this is all part of the story. But one, one thing that is, I think, worth diving into that's not really you know, in the primary story is the sort of the communication that happened in parallel during this this uh, this three or four days, where they're they're removing their belongings. Can you tell us a little bit about that communication that happened in parallel by text messaging, and the the text messages that you got from the tenants during this whole process? 
we know that they were belligerent in person. We know that they were rude and horrible, but there were, uh, there were, uh, probably a lot of text messages I didn't even see during this whole time frame. And there was this communication that was sort of, uh, happening at the same time. I wonder if you could sort of expand on what, what was going on there and what, uh, uh, what kind of messages you were receiving from the tenants. Okay. Now the first one, let me tell you that, uh, after one hour, when the tenant came back around 1130, 12 o'clock, all of us were there, including yourself were there, right? And the tenant was definitely belligerent from that point onward, because he has the feeling that he can continue living there for 72 hours in order to take the, take their material. Okay. But it is not that way. And he was challenging us on multiple occasions on that. Till the last time, till the last day, that means on twenty-seven. Even in text, he was telling you, "Oh, I plan to like, you know, occupy this 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 apartment for." He was he was basically trying to show their knowledge of seventy-two hours is something that I will be for violating his rights. I will be put into jail and all those sort of things. So, so now we're getting were you getting text messages from uh, Elizabeth, the mother, and also um, what was his name? Um, Howard, Howard, How, Howard. Like, were you getting text messages from all of them at the same time, or was it multiple? What I remember, I can tell you if I look at my mobile. But I have to let us know the number, though. <laughs> but you know, you know, okay. uh, totally. Like, they were they were all texting from you both, uh, from both, uh, from both, from both. and rude uh, but, messages. But let me tell you when the text messages actually started. The text messages actually started uh, from the second day when I visited on the first day. When they were time set was 3 p.m. That that means at 3 p.m. they have to leave, but they did not leave. So we continued staying there till till 5 p.m. When there was a 911 call and 911 came there and in 911's presence, then left the first day. Remember when 911 came, my son was blocking the road and when 911 came, they were allowed to take their vehicle inside. Okay, right. because I wanted to see their honest intention of, of taking possession of taking their belonging and possession which i felt was not adequate by simply bringing their small car right so there was yeah there was no added they, they were uh, obviously um more more of the uh, approach of making trouble as, as opposed to people that were trying to move out right yeah. clearly you could tell this and i think this was yeah. This is where the police involvement came in, and um, just uh, this this whole uh, this whole line of communicate. Who who in fact do you think that they were communicating with? Uh, sort of at the same time, you know. I saw I saw Howard on the phone with somebody uh, a couple times, but I wonder who do you think they were communicating with? To it is not who I think. I false information. I no no I I know actually whom they are communicating. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. They were communicating with the police at the same time. That okay. landlord, landlord in harassing them and all those things. Okay. But coming back to the rhythm of my story is that what happened when they came back and they were not getting access to my driveway. Because remember my son parked the car little, uh, little sideways so that they cannot enter, blocking the entire driveway. So he was very agitated and he parked the car on the very no no parking roadside. Okay. That's when Elizabeth called the Elizabeth means my paralegal. My paralegal called the bylaw. So 
finally took a, a bit of time and gradually in his agitation when he was getting very aggressive i called 911 so 911 came so by around one o'clock or one or two o'clock both the bylaw officers on and the 911 came and during that time the 911 told us to remove the car so that to remove our car move our car so that they can uh, howard can get access to my driveway which was fun okay but the basic intention is that they knew that it was coming they were not prepared for with their trailer back their belonging that meaning meaning that they had no intention to leave the property right and of course this is all in the blog so we're, we're not you know it's great to go over this again but uh this is all in the blog all on the I, I wonder when when does it go back you say they had enough time but when when was the first uh, notice of termination that you delivered to these or that you served these uh these tenants like how far back does that go notice of termination notice of termination means the, the you were talking about the very fast n4 yeah i'm wondering when when did you like how far back like when the first intention that you you were trying to evict these tenants when does when does that start do you remember that is mid february mid february 2022 so they had a whole year yes uh, of 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 prior uh notice and, and per, perhaps preparation and yet they still were uh oh that no. was surprised right they mean i want to correct you here i i want to correct you here of course they knew what they are going to do from that perspective you know they should have been prepared that eviction will be coming at some point of time maybe it has taken one year but knowing that evil intention this would have been aware and they were aware but they did not take any precaution because they know the landlord and tenant board rule and how they will be protected okay so they were banking on the grace of the landlord and tenant on the protection of the landlord and tenant and every Pretty time clear. and even every time after that after that whenever we gave the payment arrangement payment agreement and all those things including rent relief i told them say look you i can relieve your rent if you leave by the end of august okay i will not put anything i'll give a good recommendation for you to, so that you can easily find out no no they called us they called us every moment to sign the document but ultimately they backed off okay they said no 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 we are so they were banking on the generosity of landlord and tenant board and the government protecting them so the, you you're you're sort of saying that their intentions were almost from the very beginning were to do wrong is yeah, that is that so then tell that, oh sorry go ahead yeah and that is the reason they stopped paying the rent from the very first month they entered the house it's crazy that's crazy that they would but so can you take me through through some of the broad strokes of the screening process for this tenant what do you remember of when you screened them when you when you first saw them when you first uh when they first presented themselves to you what can you sort of describe about your screening process maybe anything that you uh would probably have done differently or maybe not or you know i'm just curious about that i no, think that maybe a lot of people would be curious what what kevin, that process looked like oh kevin that is fine but if you want to talk more about the eviction that is i did that is the current podcast now more about the eviction 
Yeah, it's not more about the eviction because that's in the blog. It, this is more about the story, a little okay. bit more context to, okay. you know, a little bit more depth to, because you're going to read about the eviction in, in the blog. And in a lot of ways, I, I, I feel like, you know, if somebody wants to know deeper what this is all about, what what else can we, you know, knowing more than what's in the blog. We're not just, you know, uh, and I used to read the blog word for word, that, but this is more of like just to get a little deeper. Uh, my due diligence, my due diligence about this tenant was on the basis of the document they submitted. That means their reference from here. Remember that tenant was the man who was working and the lady was in ODSP from some injury because she claimed she used to be a registered nurse and she suffered some injury from her tenants, uh, from her patients. Okay. Right. Okay. Now, so she gave the document of uh, uh, ODSP payment. She gave the document reference of ODSP hard uh, case worker. She gave the, and he gave the document for her, or his employer, from his employer. And also from the previous landlords. Okay. Previous landlords. Okay. And had you contacted all of the previous landlords that you, you got references for? The last that. The, last the second land, uh, the second, the last landlord, they said they used to hold their own house in, in some part of distance. So I didn't, when they were claiming they were the landlords themselves. So I didn't check that, but the was immediate landlord before entering my property. I spoke to them and they said they're a very friendly couple and, uh, um, and their marriage is uh, for a long time and they are really very cooperative, pays the rent on time, which is a complete misguiding. Okay. Because we read the story recently in Waterloo, Waterloo uh, records, right? About their last eviction also. Okay. Is there, is there anything else that you remember being misrepresented by, by them? If by you... the, it was the story about landlord and she said, no, they are very cooperative. We don't reckon in have any problem at all from this tenant. They are a good rent payer and all those things, which is complete um, misrepresentation of fact. Okay. Right. Right. And so that's, that's the, uh, you know, I guess, uh, the, the process of, um, understanding what, where it starts and where it ends. And yeah, I, I, I imagine that over this last, uh, little while since the eviction, you've been sort of, uh, taking stock of how it all went down, how everything happened, how you might avoid another tenant like this, yeah. you know, what, what you're going to do in the future. Um, what do you think, what, you know, and, and this is just out of curiosity, but I wonder, Subra, what do you think that they're doing now, the, the tenants, now that they're out of the house, now that presumably they're not coming back, uh, you haven't seen them on camera coming back. What do you think they're doing now? What do you think they're doing out there? What do you think they, um, their prospects for housing are, what do you think that? Okay. Was? I will reply to this, then, then I'll go back to the other part of the due diligence. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. Now. I came to know from one of their friends that they were temporarily put in a hotel right. okay, in yeah. Kitchener area. And uh, after that, because in the on the very first day of eviction, there are some incidents. Some incidents happened between the her friend, their friends, and this couple, these couples, these tenants. 
and uh, basically she very kindly sent them for one night into their house and during that one night all the four dogs littered the house completely and smoked the weeds all night and which resulted in a eviction or throwing out their belongings and throwing them out of their house though the friends continued to help them but this what happened then they went to the hotel and that also i came to know later i do not know that i do not have the veracity of this fact that they have they are, they have been moved from the hotel also so i do not have any idea where wow where yeah. they that's crazy even but the but the friend told me that matthew their kids come to hard time to time to spend the night uh, and and uh, forward is probably sleeping in his car and uh, it doesn't have any idea about that Elizabeth, the lady. Okay. Do you think these uh, these these folks would end up in a shelter at some point? No. They, 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 uh, one police officer told me, oh, they have enough places they can they can find a place anywhere or some centers. You know, they may be in a very not good living condition, but that is what they deserve, right? Well, yeah, you you know, that's that's another sort of. Uh, Okay. No, but, I mean, but anyway, you don't get back to your sort of uh, due diligence. Uh, okay. So the second, I actually, I actually progressed very, very uh, sort of uh, systematically. First, I spoke to the landlord. Second, I spoke to the employer. Okay. Now, the employer gave a, I have the letter. They gave a very good employment letter about him and also spoke very nicely about them. That he including this, that though he looked very frail, the man looked quite frail, but he is much stronger for the job type of job he does, and he's very good with the people, he's very good in his job, and all those sort of things, which created more confidence. Okay. And and he's most importantly, he's very friendly and honest. Okay. Now the third one, I go, I want to ODSP. Now here is a little bit of uh, story I want to tell you that I did not go to ODSP to the same referee the tenant indicated in their application. I rather went to my own sources to know about that this family, and there was a gentleman who had been keeping in touch with me for last five years. Whenever my property falls vacant, he will immediately call me. And say, so bro, can we get? I have a wonderful candidate. Can you please uh, rent your property to us? I, but unfortunately, I could not work with him because before he arrived, that property was rented. It was in high demand area. You know that, okay? So uh, we are never successful. So I contacted him. His name, name is Taylor Matthews, okay? I, I contacted him and tell her, there is a lady who wants to rent my house. How do you feel? Uh, see, oh, see the wonderful tenant, and uh, she has never been any problem, and she has been paying rent. See, they're so friendly and uh, nice. And I won't have any problem. And moreover, you know, two of their sons, they are also having some government fund and some job. So the funding and all these things, they have enough income to pay you the rent. So I asked him, do you know the rent? Well, yes, I know the rent, but you will not have any problem getting $2,000 plus dollar rate plus utilities from them because 
they have over $6,000 of their income. Okay. So, about one third of the income as a rent is okay. Okay. So, I took a little bit chance there. But at the same time, it is most of a, of a sympathetic consideration I showed on them. And, and on their words, that in a certain things we trust. Say, look, we are 35 year old married couple. We grew up our children. And I don't allow these children to sit idle and do nothing and not pay rent and live on parental income. We do not allow that. So those sort of words created a bit of confidence, you know. I wonder your, your, your first impression when you very first, the first second you met them, what do you remember what you were thinking? Do you remember okay. what you were thinking? Was not good. Not good. Oh, interesting. Okay. It was not good because I wanted to avoid. Basically, I wanted to give more time to find another tenant. Okay, so when they came, they came with a uh, well dressed, and the lady was cycling actually. The, the, the lady was cycling actually. Okay, and uh, she came and uh, with Howard. Howard said, I'm coming from work, so I'm a little savvy. But the lady came with proper dress with the cycle and all those things. So, which I, which uh, I, but I felt that. Uh, they may be on the lower income group. So I was trying to get more, more uh, tenant application. Okay. But this lady used to bug me every day on marketplace. Every day. Sir, what is the reason I will not get this property? You are such a nice gentleman. You are doing all this due diligence and you are, and uh, your house is good for my two adult kids and all these things. I think you may you even have a history further than the screening process. How far back does that go? You're talking to them in marketplace or talking to the woman in marketplace. No, I, I never talk. They, they just put a little bit of chat and then, then then it goes. No, that is the period. I didn't go back after that. I didn't have any pre-history about their last eviction or anything. Right. I didn't have anything. I didn't read the report of the Waterloo record. I wonder, did you like Google search them at that time? Did you? Uh, no, unfortunately, no. I didn't Google search them. I didn't Google search them. No. Okay. But, uh, you know, with my with my own tenant, by the way, I, I did the same. I didn't Google. I I I feel like I should have, but I, I didn't. Basically, given what happened, what happened, I always used to. Even now, I believe in people's integrity. And what is that integrity? Trusting people on their face value. And then basically, this is our old other system, which is still working with me. But now I have learned a very costly lesson. Right. And so that brings up the, you know, the final question I have is what, what is it that you feel you've learned from this experience? What, what, what changes would you say this brought out of you? Like, what, what have you learned from all of this is kind of what, what's on my mind. These have, these have taught me to leave your kind heart somewhere while processing the rental application because what it goes through is that first of all that is your last consideration for selecting a tenant that is the one and only consideration for selecting a tenant and once they enter you have no right. 
Okay, you have no right. So keep your good human values out of it. Go there with a pure purpose of business. Do all the due diligence to the extreme extent where they can be upset also. Don't bother. Okay? Don't bother. Make them upset. Let them know what you are going through and why you are doing all these things. If they accept it, fine. If they don't accept it, unfortunately, government has ruined that trust factor. There is a trust deficit. So, landlord is doing what is required to be done. And sorry if the tenant is often dead for that. We cannot do anything. That's right. It's risk, right? It's a, it's a, it's a risk factor. Like you're taking a huge risk. You're going to have to do more to cover, uh, cover that risk. Now, a lot of landlords will, will raise the rent because of the cost of, of the pain they go through, but no doubt landlords, uh, like yourself and including myself would, will, uh, will do more and go over and above now with our due diligence because of the risk involved, right? Yes. Yes. As, uh, I, I, well, any, any sign of a risk, any sign of a red flag for me, I would be like, nope, nope, nope. You know, Kevin, the, the unfortunate part of it is that every business has a risk. We do not have any problem at accepting it. Okay. Every business has a risk. But you go to, go to Apple phone or you go to any ordinary grocery shop. Okay. If somebody steals their property or anything, steals any item from them, they have a protection. They can call the police. They can get you arrested and charged. But here, landlords are free for robbery. Right. By government and, protection. By they government can, they, protection. They can do things. Like they can put in security systems, like, you know, trackers on the products and then put these, these things. And so it goes beep, 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 beep. If you're trying to steal something, a landlord can do nothing. When you have a bad tenant and they're stealing from you day to day, you can't do anything to protect yourself. It's it's completely a wide, unlimited risk. Kevin, my point is my point is somewhere else. These looters, these fraudsters, scamsters, they're protected by law. Right. Okay, and that's they uh, are protected. This is the this is the unfortunate reality of Canada's democracy. Even the police officers told us that. Can you find, you wouldn't find many police officers are in the rental business because we know it. That's why you don't want to go into the rental business. It makes sense. It makes sense. They know better. They know that okay. their own, their own brothers and sisters wouldn't protect them in the case of a, a problem with their own tenants. Right. So that's more of a, it says a lot about whether anybody should be renting a, a, a unit in Ontario. Right. You know, government, we, Government will free, will basically leave no stone unturned to see a landlord comes to the street, but they leave no stone unturned to see that tenants can be protected into the landlord or downturn to the landlord's soldier, soldier as long as possible. Right. And I think we're seeing a lot of that now with the with these delays of the tenant board and uh, and on and on and on and the government's apathy towards uh, towards the attorney general and uh, and uh, uh, of course we need uh, we need real fixes to 
to these bigger problems of, of the government. But anyway, um, we're uh, pretty much at the end of time uh, here. And I, I just want to say thank you, Subra, for, uh, for taking the time to uh, be part of this podcast and just give us a little bit of uh, more additional context to the uh, the blogs that will come out uh, this week. And um, yeah, and uh, I, I, and I'm sure I speak for every solo landlord uh, in, in, in wishing you well in, in the future. And of course the cleanup process and, uh, and, and on your reflection in terms of what, what's, what's, uh, what's transpired. And uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk. Thank you.